Welcome to the show. Welcome to the number one show on innovative teamwork. Glad to have you. Looking forward to having you back for more. To my regular listeners, you already know how I get down right into the point. Today, we're going to talk about how you're how you're able to make a name for yourself and win, even though you may be in a losing situation. All right. I know that could be a little confusing, but we're going to have it all cleared up by the end of this episode. I'm going to say it again so we're clear. How you can win, how you individually, the the person that is listening to me right now, how you may be in a losing situation, how you may be in a situation that you will, that that seems absolutely there's no win at all, like the, the roof is caving in, how you can still win, how you can still get something out of, how you can still get something out of even being in a losing situation, because it's, it's like my, it's like one of the great one of the great thought leaders of our time said, his name is Mr. John Maxwell. He said, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. All right, I'm going to say that one again, just so we're clear. Sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. There's absolutely no losses. Do not look at the, the losing situation that you may or may not be in or that you may be in right now and say, okay, I have to be losing too. I can be learning, which in turn me means I'm actually winning. All right. Sometimes you lose. Sometimes you. Sometimes you lose. Sometimes you learn. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you learn. Sorry, I see. I'm getting it mixed up. <laughs> but sometimes you win, and sometimes you learn. All right. Take that into consideration. Make sure you jot that down somewhere. It mental noted. Make sure you put it somewhere where you're going to remember it, Mr. John Maxwell. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you learn. All right. So uh, let me get just to give you some context. I am recording this right in the middle of December and. One of the major, major topics, one of the major things that has been out there in the world. And one actually, I think I, I just uh, reposted something about Coach Primetime actually said this. And it's not just Coach Primetime, but it's multiple coaches and the way the whole college football landscape, coach college football and college basketball, college athletics, period. The way that this transfer portal has kind of rocked the entire recruiting process it can it can lead to a lot of people a lot of athletes being in situations where they feel like they're losing they feel like there's no way out they feel like okay especially if I'm a high school athlete I'm working my ass off I'm busting my ass to get this scholarship and I was told I was going to get a scholarship but somebody just entered the transfer portal took one of my scholarships now I don't know where I'm going to end up I don't know how I'm, I mean, I don't know where, I, what I'm going to do with my life and all that kind of stuff. You can feel very lost. And that's why today's episode is really going to be primarily about why 
you got to be the person. You got to be the person that takes the initiative, even when superiors, the people who you are hoping to get an opportunity from, you're hoping to get a, a offer or an end or a job opportunity from, are not following up with what they said they're going to follow up with. They're not being as, they're not being as professional, you know, they they basically say, okay, we're going to offer you, but somebody may come in the transfer portal. And next thing you know, I don't have the school. You know, I may have told the school that I, I decommitted. And the next thing you know, that school has no scholarship for me, all sorts of things. It's a, I get it. It's a complete mess. And because of all that, that's going on, I have to I have to take you through back to whack a cup. I want to say it was, uh, oof, it was about seven or eight. Yeah, twenty. I was twenty five, twenty six. Yeah, close to nine, eight or nine years ago. Eight or nine years ago, and I was man, I was struggling. I was struggling, and I was in a similar place that a lot of the current athletes now are in when they're trying to navigate this transfer portal. They're trying to find a way. They're trying to find a school. They're trying to find a situation that's going to be ideal for them. I was in that place at 26, 25, 26 years old, just trying to figure things out, you know, and and, and again, you're, if you don't know, you're speaking to, so you're listening to someone who is a former collegiate athlete. I was one of the few people that did the unthinkable and actually transferred from a division two school and, transferred up to a division one program and actually made the travel squad on that division one program. I mean, I, I found the perfect situation for me and you know what I wanted to do and all that kind of stuff. So I'll have more, more specific stuff coming out on the transfer portal and all that kind of stuff. But as far as today, I want you guys to understand now that it's all on the initiative you take. All right. It's on you to go out and get the information. It's on you to go out and figure out and navigate what's going to be the best situation for you, whether it is you playing at a playing collegially at playing collegially at an institution, or it's you looking for a job, looking to looking to build your resume to, to get a situation that to make a situation better for yourself, or you have an idea in which you want to you want to work and you want to have a job, but also you want to have this idea merged with this job, whatever your ideal situation is, it's up to you to put those pieces together. All right. You have to put those puzzle pieces together and you have to do it, my friend, because no one is in your own head and not a single person you meet is going to be as passionate about the things you are passionate about. They're not as, as into it. They're not as dived in and deep into the weeds of how you're going to live your life because it's your life. It's what it is you want to do with your life and you ought to be living it the way you want to be living it so you can't expect folks, you cannot expect folks to be so gelled into what it is you got to do, meaning you have to put the pieces of the puzzle together in your own head before you enter the world, before you go out on that job interview, before you go and submit your resume, before you go and look up who you're going to look up and DM who you're going to DM or email who you're going to email, whoever it is, whatever it is, the pieces of the puzzle got to be fitted. They got to fit in your own head. All right. I'll give you I'll give you a couple examples here. It was, like I said, about nine years ago in which I was flat broke. I mean, I didn't have one penny. I I, tend, I spent everything I had trying to start up this semi-pro minor league football team named the Ocean City Sharks, and I fell flat on my face. The car that I was actually sleeping out of 
got repossessed. My credit may have been in the 300s, if that. I mean, I was fucked to, in so many ways, in so many different ways. But the idea of putting a minor league football team together named the Ocean City Sharks was a great idea. There, there was nothing wrong with the idea other than the fact that I spent too much. I decided to promise money. I decided to offer money before it was ready, before I actually had, I wasn't even able to pay myself. And that's where everything fell through because the players, once that got around to the players, all of a sudden I became a scam artist. All of a sudden I became someone that didn't care about the players and all that kind of stuff. So I, I was, I was hurt, you know, but I was still, there was pieces of me that were, believing that the idea can work right there was pieces of me to know like look if i just had a job if i just had something that was paying me regularly i know that the idea can work i know that there will be another crop of players that'd be interested in it all that kind of stuff right so i i was still sort of clinging on to this idea of putting a minor league football team in ocean city and I also, not only that, but I also had a background in working in fitness sales. Before that, I was, you know, working front desk at, uh, at several gyms, working sales at several gyms. I worked overnight at a gym named Spunk Fitness. I did some work in LA Fitness, all that. You know, I had this vision of, you know, merging the sales business, I mean, merging the fitness business and having the fitness business being what funds this idea to put a minor league football team in Ocean City. I did have that vision of doing that. So there was a brand new, there was a brand new franchise, brand new, at least at the time, it was a newer franchise named D1 Sports and Training. D1, Lee is D1 Health and Training, D1 Sports Training, whatever the franchise. And I mean, the whole, the whole company, <laughs> the whole company well, is a fucking mess. All right. It's an absolute mess. And I've spoken to several d1 owners d1 franchise owners and they've they've absolutely bashed this company and it it was a horrible 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 setup when it comes to the the structure of the business they had no foundation basically the way d1 worked it was they used celebrity athletes so they used like guys like tim tebow they used guys like uh the name, the name there, there were several guys. Uh, Will Bartholomew is the founder of it, but Peyton Manning, yeah, Peyton Manning, I believe his name was on a franchise. Chris Paul has a D1 franchise. They use celebrity athletes and they basically use their face to slap them on a, a performance type gym where the gym is filled with field turf and, you know, all the things that you would get at your typical, at your typical pro or major college facility. And these D1 sports franchises would be popping up all over. And then you'd see these athletes there, like, you know, training like the pros, train like the pros. And it would be sold as something that, you know, you go over there and you train like the pros and you're going to become a pro. That's basically how they sold it, which, again, isn't that's not necessarily the part of it that was the bad that was negative per se. You know, because of they were bringing, you know, obviously they're bringing in young athletes, they're getting them out, the, uh, you know, they, they're getting, they're giving them a facility to train out of and all that kind of stuff. So that wasn't necessarily the part of the business that was flawed. The part of the business that was flawed was there was no plan on where they were going to put these gyms. They were just simply putting them anywhere like the, the D1 that I'm going to talk about, uh, that I'm going to talk to you guys today about. It was the one in Chantilly that's no longer in business. But that D1 
was slapped right next to another facility, like next door to another another sports facility that had a hundred yards of field turf, had everything there, had you know places where you can rent. There was actual games going on. It was in Chantilly, Virginia, and then not only that, if you drove maybe two or three miles down the road, there was an anytime fitness. So anybody that wanted their fitness on, and then behind. That D1, there was a, a place called Sport and Speed Institute where there was another trainer who trained a ton of NFL clients. So they put this D1 Chantilly, the one that I that I was a trainer at, they put it in the completely wrong location. And it was the one, uh, the the athlete that was endorsing this D1, his name was Vernon Davis. And <laughs> I, I, I heard, basically I heard that he only showed up for the grand opening and never walked into that place again. So you know, the the business and the concept was flawed because there was no foundation, right? So the uh the 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 reason that I decided to work at D1 was because I was still clinging on to this idea. I was still clinging on to this idea that I could make the Ocean City Sharks work. I could make this semi-pro team work if I was a trainer at D1, if I was getting a regular check at D1 and I was using that to fund the idea. And not only that, but the location that this D1 used to be in was in Chantilly. And this was maybe, maybe about 10 to 15 minutes away from the Was where the Washington Redskins, the, the then known Washington Redskins used to practice. So I was hoping I was going to be able to rub shoulders with some Redskins execs, some Redskins scouts. I was going to be able to tell them about my idea with the Ocean City Sharks. I was going to use the D1 facility as a way of training you know as a way of bringing in athletes to this d1 and build my team and you know maybe rub some shoulders with the like i said rub some shoulders with the scouts with the redskins and all that kind of all that stuff i was having in my head which is why i would drive from silver spring maryland silver spring maryland is where i was living excuse me i would drive a whole hour you know for work from silver spring maryland all the way to chantilly it was actually more than an hour longer than an hour I would drive all the way there every single day just to teach a boot camp class that lasted maybe one hour and get paid maybe I believe it was like 10 bucks for something ridiculous like that. All right. So, yes, I, in my mind, I wasn't thinking about I wasn't thinking about, OK, how much money could I make? The only things that were going on in my head were what type of connections I could make. What can I do with this opportunity that's going to lead to what it is I want? And this is why I told you at the beginning, again, there are no losses in here and there are only lessons. There are no losses. There are only lessons. It's all about you learning because this was a not a winning situation at all that I put myself in when it comes to D1. However, the amount of things I was learning, the amount of things I was learning is something that I've been able to carry with me every step of the way for the past eight years. It's, it hasn't been about, okay, how much can something pay me? It's how well is this opportunity that's offered to me? How well is it going to connect me and the things that are going on in my head? And are the pieces connected in my head? So when I present whatever it is, I'm going to present to the world, present to my client, present to my potential customer. Okay, the pieces are already connected. And it makes it incredibly easy for someone to make their investment in me and the things I'm doing. These are the things you have to start to put together in your own mind. These are the reasons that you got to be moving. You got to be making moves that are going to lead to you getting more connected for your bigger purpose. And you got to have 
that bigger purpose in your head long before the conversations get had. All right. And here's here's a couple of the things that I would do, even though I knew I was in a losing situation, quote unquote, losing situation when I was in D1. And I knew it was a situation that was going to be very, very temporary, <laughs> very, very temporary because there was no way I was going to be able to keep up that lifestyle where I'm driving from Silver Spring all the way to Chantilly every day. I was not going to be able to keep up that lifestyle for long. So I had to put certain things together. All right. Now, keep in mind, keep in mind, I was dealing the people that were the the managers of this D1. They were horrible. There was a, it was a couple of uh, Terrence and April. Oh my God. They, they, they didn't do anything from a marketing standpoint. They didn't do anything to get traffic. in. in fact, the, the one thing that they did, the one thing that they did that really that really showed me why it's important or, or why I I really couldn't I really I, the, the thing that they did that made it so I, I I've worked for some terrible managers before, but I definitely put them in the top three. <laughs> and the thing that they did, the thing that they did that really made them really made it so i i just i i'll never probably probably never actually look at them the same because it was such a horrible decision that they made is that they put nets up in this d1 facility now this d1 facility has a field turf that's only about 40 yards long it's not as big but they put these nets up and then they had they had the softball this whole softball team there practicing while the people who were paying a membership they were trying to do boot camp classes so you had boot camp classes you had an entire softball team in there. And then you had people trying to work out on their own. And the whole thing was a complete mess because we didn't have the space to be training people in the boot camp, and all that stuff was just a complete mess. So, but anyway, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to deal with them for very long. And it, it was no surprise to me when I found out the facility had to go out of business because they, they, they really, they, they were running it. And it, I knew for a fact, that they really didn't know or they were in over their head or whatever it is. Right. So here's what I, here's what I did. Here's the reason, here's kind of the reason for this episode and what I wanted to really actually get you to when it comes to this episode. During my time at D1, I was making connections. All right. So what I would do, because I knew I was going to be out there in the morning, you know, teaching the boot camp classes or in the afternoon, whenever they scheduled it for me, I, I did a couple things. First and foremost, I found a job. I found a job at a nearby bar. I found a job at a nearby bar named Green Turtle, where it was a sports bar. It was a sports bar, and it had literally just opened up. It just opened up. I was there, like, on the first day it had ever opened. And what I would do is I would be there. I was, like, I was just basically a hostess. And I would be there trying to get people to come to the gym since it was since it was the proximity was so close. So found a little job there, Green Turtle. That was the first thing I did. Next thing I did was I made connections with a school named George Mason University. All right. George Mason University had had a football program that was club. They had a football program that was club. So what I did is I called the football coach and he and I had a conversation and he ended up telling me, look, you know, if I can create a pipeline with what you're doing, a pipeline like from the high school kids so they know that we exist, they come through the D1, I come to the D1, start recruiting kids, stuff like that. And there was a, there was opportunity. Now, again, this never actually materialized because 
I was still kind of in my own head wanting to create this Ocean City Sharks. I was still clinging on to this Ocean City Sharks idea. Also, there was no there was no real support when it came to the 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 facility managers, which were at the time it was Terrence and April, and they really didn't, you know, they really weren't following up. I would be, you know, forwarded them emails. I would be, you know, trying to connect them with folks and they would completely ignore me and all that kind of stuff. So just doing that in itself, it taught me again, having that conversation or having that conversation with the George Mason coach and then going and getting a going and getting a job at a sports bar and seeing what the fans like and seeing kind of how everything worked from the building a restaurant uh, building or opening up a restaurant and what a Georgetown, you know, what the George Mason coach was telling me. I started to develop visions of how I was going to build my own stuff, how I was going to build this move. Well, what has become the Move Swiftly Sports Marketing Mastermind, what my goal is to build a sports sports management school, I had started to see these pieces together because you had the D1 facility that is servicing the athletes. You had the sports bar that I was working at that was servicing the the fans. And then I you know, made a connection at George Mason University that's servicing and putting an actual team together that would be able to take advantage of the people. So all of this stuff was happening. It, was, it wasn't happening to me. It's like Tony Robbins says, it's happening for me. Even though I'm driving from Silver Spring to Chantilly, these are things that are happening for me. All right. And, and I'll close you out with this because this is this is really where I wanted to what I wanted to talk to you guys today about it. Excuse me. What actually got me thinking and inspired this episode. Was when I further I continued to do my research and I reached out, I, I got deeper into the roots because what I did when I was, you know, one of the things that I would do when I was trying to build up the Ocean City Sharks idea as I was going out to several schools, reaching out to sports management departments, reaching out to sports management majors and all that kind of stuff, like the department heads of the school. And I'll be telling them about the idea. And, you know, we'd be having conversation about, you know, how I can help or how this, they can help, you know, whatever synergy we can create. You know, I was open to discussion, right? I did that same thing with George Mason University. All right? I did that same thing with George Mason University because I knew the proximity from the D1 facility to the George to George Mason University's campus. I knew it was very close. So it was very, you know, it would be very realistic to go and, you know, recruit kids that are in that Virginia area, get them to the D1 and then see them or get them, yeah, get them in D1 and then see them go to George Mason University. I knew the proximity and the ability to do that was very realistic, right? So I reached out to the sports management school at George Mason University, and it just so happened, it just so happened that the department head was a guy named Craig Eshrick. Now, if you don't know the name Craig Eshrick, make sure you go Google him. This is somebody who at one point was the head coach at Georgetown University basketball. I mean, we're talking back in John Thompson days, back in the days where, you know, Georgetown University be, used to be that school that was actually one of the first schools that signed a deal with Nike. So when it comes to the sports management and, you know, mixing sports and business and all that, I mean, this, this, this was the perfect guy. This was the perfect guy for me to sit down and have a conversation with, right? So we sat down and I reached out to him on email and I told him what I was trying to do. I, I actually mentioned the semi-pro team idea, but I mentioned it to him. I was at D1 and all that. And we sat down. I believe it was at the university. It was like at the like the campus rec center or whatever it was, wherever his office is. 
and we had a great, great conversation. And this is what he tells me. This is what he tells me. This is what I want to. This is really what I want to talk to you guys today about. As I was having this, the same conversation I'm having with you right now, as I was running them through my entire plan and telling them what I'm trying to do, when you know I'm trying to build this sports, like a sports manager, sports marketing firm around this team, and all this vision and all, all these ideas I was giving him. He stopped me. He stopped me right in the middle of all this rambling I was doing. And he looked at me. He goes, you're doing the right thing. <laughs> right? He goes, you're doing the right thing. This is how you navigate your way into the sports business. This is how you navigate your way into uh, through entrepreneurship. This is how it happens. He looks at me the same way you found me. <laughs> he goes, the same way you found me is exactly how you need to go about your day-to-day. This was the last conversation. This was the first and the last conversation that I had with Mr. Craig Eshrick. And the reason I'm bringing this to you guys is because it's about what you're learning on the day to day. If this is the test, this is the litmus test to really to really see if you're about this business and if you're ready for this business. And if you're ready for entrepreneurship, if you're ready to really navigate your way through the twists and turns and everything that this sports business is going to create for you is do you take the advice of the people that have done it before and do you run with it? All right. Or do, are you looking for someone to hold your hand throughout this entire process? Because what happened when I had that conversation with Craig, it didn't matter that the, it didn't matter the fact that the D, D1 was going to run out of business. And I knew that it wasn't going to last. I got everything I needed out of the situation out there in Virginia. I got everything I needed out there from, you know, the position I put myself in with the, the sports bar I was dealing with. I got everything I needed out of it to go out and build something on my own. It was at that point, it was during around that time where I decided, look, if I got all this drive, if I know what I'm doing, I'm, I'm getting that kind of feedback from the people that have done it before. Let me go to Florida and build something strong. Let me go to Florida and, and create and create opportunities because I had the confidence to go out and create on my own. That's what this whole thing is about. And this translates into what's going on in the transfer portal all right with the transfer portal you gotta you gotta understand now college coaches have to do what's best for their team they gotta win games and if there's somebody available that can help them win right now they're taking them out the transfer portal that does not mean that you as a high school kid can't go and look up okay where's their d2 program where's their d3 where's an fcs program where i'm going to be the guy i'm going to be the main guy so I can shine, I can build a name for myself, I can do what I need to do from an NIL standpoint, I can make my money from, you know, name, image, and likeness, so I'm not struggling in college, all that kind of stuff. You got to put those pieces of the puzzle together in your own head, because as you can see, the, re the recruiting process is changing, things are changing, and you have to have it in your own head how you're going to get the most out of a situation, even if it's a situation where the infrastructure is shit. The in, if the, if, even if the infrastructure is as bad as D1's infrastructure, okay, cool. I got to figure out a plan and I got to come up with something in which I'm going to win regardless. All right, we'll go back to what my John Maxwell said. Again, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. All right. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you learn. So make sure you take that into consideration as you're navigating your next steps and trying to figure out what the next move is going to be for you, because these are the things that are going to continue. And it's not going to stop. All right. I'll close you up with just saying that it will not stop. It will not stop. 
no matter how bad you want it, want it to, it will not stop regardless of regardless of how old you get. There's always going to be these dilemmas and these situations in which you got to figure out what's going to be the best and you have to weigh your options, so to speak. There are no, no perfect situations. There are only going to be trade-offs in life, all right? Fellow teammates, continue to move swiftly. We will talk more soon.